Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Every day, Will Pearson gets on his bicycle in San Francisco's Marina neighborhood and heads into the financial district for work. In the mornings, it's very calm and, and pleasant. Biking along the Embarcadero, such a delightful way to wake up. But on its way home in the afternoon, things are quite different. It's very windy. It's not like winds that I'm used to in the Midwest, unless it's like a tornado or something. He's got to work much harder to pedal his bike through those strong winds. And I've always wondered why different parts of the day have have such different uh, levels of wind. I'm Olivia Allen Price. This week on Bay Curious, we're answering four of your weather questions, starting with this one from Will. Why is it so windy in the afternoons? Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. To find the answer to Will's question, reporter Kelly O'Mara met an ace weatherman. His name is Jan Null. Jan Null, certified consulting meteorologist, adjunct professor at San Jose State University. He says it's not Will's imagination. It is windier in the afternoons, especially during the late spring and summer. Air always flows from high pressure to low pressure. And high pressure is most often associated with, with cooler air. And low pressures with with warmer air because it rises and it becomes lighter, less dense. So what happens in California is that the interior of the state warms up through the course of the day. The morning sun rises over the Central Valley, warming everything up. By noon, the temperature can be over 100 degrees and the air pressure is low. But it stays fairly cool over the ocean says the temperature of all that water doesn't change much over the course of the day. So now you have high pressure over the ocean. You have low pressure over the central valley or the inland valleys. By afternoon, the pressure difference is big enough that the ocean air rushes inland. 
But there aren't many easy routes for it to travel without, say, climbing mountains. The only sea level gap is through the Golden Gate. The ocean air squeezes through those gaps and valleys, like the Petaluma Gap, the San Bruno Gap, and the mother of them all, the Golden Gate. As the sea breeze pushes through these small breaks in the coastal mountains, something called the Bernoulli effect comes into play. Think about about a, ho- a garden hose. You have the water cranked up all the way, and you have, you have the flow coming out of it. Well, you put your thumb over it, you, you restrict it down, and all of a sudden you, it shoots 20 yards across the driveway. Well, the same thing happens if you compress air down through a smaller gap, like through the Golden Gate or through, through San Bruno Gap. So the days when it's hotter inland but still cool by the ocean, that's when the wind will be the strongest. And that's when our question asker, Will, should expect a tough bike ride. The bike is really where I, I feel it because, you know, my legs burn and I'm, I'm using... Uh, you know, different gears than I normally would other parts of the day. Now to our second question, which has been asked dozens of times over the years. Why is it so foggy in the summertime? Meteorologist Jan Nall walked us through this one, too. There's a phenomenon right along the coast called upwelling. During the summer, the winds blowing clockwise above the North Pacific get stronger, pushing the ocean surface water away from our coastline. With surface water moving out to sea, super cold water from deep in the ocean rises to the surface along the coastline. That's upwelling. We have this strip of even colder water right along the, along the coast, going out about a mile or two. As the sea breeze blows over that very cold water, condensation forms creating low-lying clouds, or fog. Then the wind we've been talking about pushes those low clouds inland, creating a classic San Francisco postcard picture. And the fog clouds are there to stay. But those clouds are in place. Nothing's going to move them out till the sun comes up the next morning and evaporates them. Just like with the winds, our hills direct the path of the fog and determine the local microclimates. You probably already know if your neighborhood is foggy like San Francisco's Sunset District or warm like the area in Sausalito known as the Banana Belt. If you live where it's foggy, there's a good chance you've heard that our fog has a name. That would be Carl. Our third weather question comes from Christy Tappan of San Francisco. I moved to San Francisco from Reno, Nevada, and in the beginning, the fog was a little oppressive. But when I found out about Carl the Fog, it actually made the fog a friendlier presence, and it felt like more of a neighbor than just bad weather. She got to wondering, what's the story behind Carl the Fog? It all started with a Twitter account that popped into existence in August 2010. Did you know the fog had a name? It's Carl, and I'm coming to a district near you, except... For Petrero, I'm sparing you assholes. Before long, Carl the Fog became known for its funny, irreverent tweets. Today's forecast, expect to put on your jacket, take it off, because you're sweating. Put it back on, because it's not that hot. Today's forecast, mostly foggy with a side of fog, plus some more fog. Salesforce Tower, I'm going to make my big debut tonight, and everyone's going to see what I can do. Me. Well, no. Beta Breakers weekend forecast. Mostly foggy. It's a high chance of a drunken, emotional breakdown. 
near Alamo Square. Today, nearly 350,000 people follow the account. But as to who's behind it, the author is determined to remain anonymous. But he or she has answered some questions over email for the San Francisco Chronicle, SF Weekly, and KQED. The author says it began when other parody accounts were taking off on Twitter. Yeah, there was that one that parodied the BP Public Relations Department after the Gulf oil spill. And another chronicling the life of a cobra that escaped from the Bronx Zoo. Carl's creator thought, hey, I could do that. I could make a parody account. But about what? Inspiration struck when the author's friends were lamenting the fog apocalypse that had ruined yet another perfectly good day. Our Carl in waiting thought these friends were wrong. The fog was mysterious, romantic even. If only the fog had a chance to defend itself. And soon, Carl the Fog was born. Now, 10,000 tweets later, Carl has been cemented in local nomenclature and has even been featured on Jeopardy. This San Francisco weather condition has its own Twitter feed. It's named Carl. All right, now to our final question. This one from Mark Ling of Palo Alto. Why is Carl the Fog named Carl the Fog? According to the anonymous author, the name Carl is a reference to the 2003 film Big Fish. In the film, there's this giant named Carl who everyone thought might eat or kill them. But really, he was just hungry and lonely and misunderstood. Perhaps like our fog. Kelly O'Mara, thank you for helping out this week. It was a lot of fun. Reporter Jessica Placek also helped out tremendously with the questions about Carl. Big thanks to our question askers this week, Will Pearson, Mark Ling, and Christy Tappan. The Carl tweets were voiced by members of the audience. Trevor Johnson, Brian Kranz, Satchel Douglas, and Steve Donaldson. Thanks, guys. If you haven't signed up for the Bay Curious newsletter, get on it, folks. Our next one comes out August 1st and will feature answers to new questions. Sign up at baycurious.org slash newsletter. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Bye. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.